You know, we talk all the time about the impact of having a quarterback in your class. Who else can they help bring along in that signing class? Saw it with Jackson Arnold, seeing it with Michael Hawkins Jr. I think that we're going to see it with Kevin Sperry in 2025, but we don't talk about it a lot benefiting what you could do via the portal. And I guess that's what I'm wondering today. Now that Colorado wide receiver transfer Jordan Tyson has been on campus, Six foot two, 180, by the way. Seeing as he's from Allen, Texas, Parker, is there any chance a current quarterback commit that you have is helping you out with a transfer portal wide receiver, Jordan Tyson? Well, I'll just go ahead and tell you, Tyler, there's more than a chance that's happening. The Hawkins clan is making a hard push to get Jordan Tyson in Norman. And this is a kid that, in a pretty abysmal Colorado offense last year, as a true freshman, Put up 22 catches for 470 yards and four touchdowns before suffering a season-ending injury in the month of November. So, all told, pretty dang good freshman year for Jordan Tyson. And a guy that I know people are going to have concerns with him coming off an injury, but it's also one of those deals where, especially what with what Emmett Jones has done lately, if Emmett's willing to take the chance on this guy, you kind of have to, make yeah, him, yeah, kind of have to believe Emmett have knows to trust what he's doing. Him. Sure, yeah, I, I think uh, even though he hasn't been on campus for more than six months, at this point, like what he's been able to do on the recruiting trail and in the portal, you kind of say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll trust this guy. All right, um, maybe I didn't think that we we're going to take two wide receivers in the portal this cycle, but if he thinks he's a good player, and seeing as he's from Allen, Texas, like is right in the hearts of where we think Emmett Jones is a really good recruiter or where his best ties are at, I'll trust Emmett Jones on this one. Much much like Brennan Thompson, would I immediately look at Jordan Tyson as a guy that's going to be your leading wide receiver in the top three? No, but for a group that's waiting for a serious player to emerge, I guess if you have room for one other player, let's see if Jordan Tyson can be the one that emerges, I guess. And we cannot underscore it enough. Colorado sucked last year, Tyler. They're bad. They were 1-11. Jordan Tyson's last two games prior to his injury at Colorado, five catches for 115 yards and a touchdown against Arizona State, five catches and 137 yards and a touchdown against Oregon. And that boy good. You know what's funny is he wouldn't have the best resume at the wide receiver position if he were to commit to OU, but – he also wouldn't have the worst either, even though he's only played in a handful of games. You know, like he he would still have some numbers that would uh, be comparable to some of the wide receivers that we're talking about a little bit here. So he he's he's at least done a few nice things at this level, and we'll see if uh, is he on campus still today, or was that all yesterday? Like what what's the uh, to my knowledge, the, he's still on campus today. Still yes. on campus today for uh, for Jordan Tyson. So. That is uh, wide receiver number two you could be adding via the portal. Let's see. From the 405, what was his injury? I disagree. I think Tyson is one of your three best receivers the moment he steps on campus. Look, maybe. I- I'm not going to go there like right now because of the limited sample size. Can he could, could he be that at the end of the year? Sure, but I could say that about four or five other receivers on this team as well. But what was Jordan Tyson's injury a year ago? Oh, God, offhand, I don't know exactly what the injury was. Somebody on the text line asked, are we not going to take a swing at the Keon Coleman sweepstakes? Look, kid like that gets in the portal from the state of Louisiana. He's LSU until he's not. 
that's just the way things go. Yeah, and, J.D. Pakel, I, I think uh, people are all over that one from on three. Put out a tweet earlier today. I think it was a tweet that said, I'm keeping an eye on LSU and OU. And But I, but I think that you're right. Whether it's recruiting or even via the transfer portal, if a kid has a chance to play for LSU and he's a Louisiana kid, that one's gonna be uh, that one's gonna be tough to win out on. That By the way, gonna be tough. Uh, never got any more specific details on Jordan Tyson's injury other than it was lower leg. That's what that's all that was disclosed yeah. about his injury. I uh, uh, on the front of Keon Coleman, I guess Florida State is going to host him on an official visit this weekend. So, mm. not sure if S- FSU can get in on that one, but that'll be a nice little add. To their offense with Jordan Travis uh, back at quarterback this year. Yeah, that would be big. That would be big. And I, I have no doubt that Florida State has some money lined up for Keon Coleman if he has any desire to be Oh, a th- this is one that they'll go, yeah. Like, th- this feels like Florida State's time to push all the chips to the middle of the table and say, if we can go get a guy like Keon Coleman via the portal, and if there's a chance he can help us out this year, like we're going for it this year. You know, like Mike Norvell kind of has to go for it this year. Florida State really needs to break through and win the ACC title this year. Like that's that's this is a like they, they, this is going to be their best team in a while, probably since Jameis Winston was on campus. Florida State's really got to push to to win the ACC this year, and they and they got a chance to. They just got a really tough September playing LSU in Orlando and then playing uh, Clemson on the road all in the month of September. But, heck, a lot of folks nationally are saying they get through that gauntlet. Florida State could be a college football playoff team. I'm not really sure I'm sold on that. But what they did last year under Mike Norvell, getting to the 10-win threshold, was impressive. Now what can you do to build on it? And I think Norvell and his staff are feeling the crunch because he was – Already under a ton of pressure to win, and I think winning 10 games relieved some of that pressure to an extent, but it also raises the expectations, right? You you go from, what was it, they win five, six games the year before that, so you go from that to 10 wins, everybody naturally is expecting you, especially bringing your starting quarterback uh, back into the fold, People expecting you to take another step towards returning Florida State to championship contention. So the expectations are much higher for Florida State in 2023 than they were at this time a year ago. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Yes, and if you slip up and say something wrong, apparently it's a, a nip slip on the text line. Is, is this what we've found out so far? So uh, it's day three of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And the uh, hilarious jokes are still uh, coming in by this segment, which is which is pretty funny. From the 405, doesn't Florida State have one of the best, if not the best, edge rushers coming back this year as well? Jared Verse. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jared Verse probably going to – not probably going to. Barring injury, he will be a first-round NFL draft pick next year. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're still talking about recruiting the 2024 class. You recently got a 25 edition, but like right now, kind of today, it's about the portal. It's about Jordan Tyson. It's about if there's any possibility of Keon Coleman, but it's also about adding an offensive lineman via the portal as well, and it looks like uh, Appalachian State offensive lineman Troy Everett, that is becoming more and more of a uh, serious situation since it's, his visit. Or It's a thing – I will say there's a lot of confidence on the Virginia Tech side, too. So keep in mind, Troy Everett is from the state of Virginia. Virginia Tech is close to home for him. So it's kind of a he said, uh, he said she said deal uh, from either side on the Troy Everett 
deal. There are people that are confident on the OU side. There are people that are confident, uh, confident on the Virginia Tech side, which in those situations, my advice to everybody is don't be confident in anything. Hope for the best. Expect the worst. Take that type of approach. But, uh, yeah, OU is still in the, in the mix for Troy Everett. I don't know whether they get him or not. I'm not going to sit here and say he's definitely going to be a Sooner, but would it surprise me? If he picked Oklahoma, it would not. And I know it's going to sound like I'm hedging, but no, nobody knows right now. Nobody knows with certainty. I'm not sure the kid knows. In, in terms of like uh, available options right now, who they're in on, um, Troy Everett, as of right now, and I mean the portal is officially closed, so I don't know how many other names that we're actually going to hear, probably none. Like Troy Everett, uh, Everett he's probably the best, probably the best player available on the offensive line at this point. So... If you're rooting for OU to get anyone on the offensive line, if you're one of those that say, hey, man, they need another body there. they got to get more depth on the offensive line. That's got to happen. I would say probably root for Troy Everett to pick OU after Virginia Tech. That's probably what I would tell you at this point. But offensive line, looking to get an ad there. Wide receiver, you're obviously looking to get an ad there. And they even, what, yesterday offered a, a Louisiana defensive back as well. So OU's not done adding players via the portal, man. And I, I, I'm guessing that they'll have to uh, process some players to, to make room for these guys, but they are, uh, they are not scared of uh, trying to upgrade their roster via the portal even the second time around. Tyler from Kellyville says, I bet the Knippelmeyer text line can take the top off a of defense. See, I told you. Day three. We're not slowing down here. Refresh my mammary. Mm. What's the name of the text line <laughs> from the 405? Wait, an OKC says, is the portal window only for entering the portal? Yes. 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 Correct. Yeah, I mean, because there's still several players that still haven't decided yet. I mean, we're still talking about several of them. Um, so, next couple of weeks will be uh, fascinating for uh, for OU, no doubt. Here, here's a question, though, uh, for the 2024 class when it comes to recruiting. Is there a chance that OU could land the number one overall player in the state of Texas, in the state of Oklahoma, in the state of Kansas, and in the state of Washington? Is there a world where OU lands the number one overall player from four different states? And uh. Let me tell you who I'm talking about here. Bryant Wesco, of course, out of the state of Texas. He's in that mix. I don't know if he's necessarily the favorite to be the number one player. Sure. So you have to judge it on, is OU going to get the player? Will this player be the number one player in that state? Zadavian Sims in Oklahoma, Michael Boganowski in Kansas, and Braden Platt in, uh, in Washington. Is there a world where OU gets the number one player in four different states? Well, how about you throw in Will Nwaneri from Missouri? Oh, and make I could absolutely do states. that. Five, there you go. Uh, how about Grant Bricks from Iowa? Six different states. Keep going if you'd like. Uh, look, Autry I, wouldn't be the number one player in Mississippi. No, would be. no, he would not. Um, I'll say this: with Boganowski, things look really, really good there for Oklahoma. Obviously, I think they're the leader in the clubhouse for Wesco. They are quietly in very good position for Braden Platt. And the one I'm most skeptical of right now, oddly enough, is Zadavian Sims. Now, in terms of him being the best player in the state or him picking OU when it's all In terms all of him done. picking OU. Now, is that a Zadavian Sims um, thing or is that an OU thing with, with Zadavian Sims? That's more of a Zadavian Sims okay. thing. And the new Michigan State in Zadavian Sims recruitment is Oregon. 
and he's been up to Oregon a couple of times this spring. And here's what you have to keep in mind anytime Oregon gets involved for a player. Uh, Oregon's got Tosh Lapoy on staff. Tosh Lapoy is good at one thing in particular, and that is how can I how can I put this delicately? Tosh Lapoy is Phil Knight's right hand man. Yeah, in essence, he's also good at bashing uh, mule shoe in uh, off season events like he did a year ago. But that's, I mean, hey, that's, if that's the case, story. more power to him. But uh, anytime Oregon gets involved for any kid. And they're making a hard push to bring the kid in, and they're serious about making him a duck. You have to take Oregon seriously. Oh, no doubt. No, but they're, they're one of the schools that anytime they're in on a recruitment, you kind of have to know what's, uh, what's, what's going on there. We, you got to know the situation there for sure. But, okay, so maybe OU doesn't get the number one player in six states. Could they get the number one player in four states? Yeah, that could absolutely be the case. And um, Texas, this is a pretty good year. It's a really good year, actually, to get the number one player in the state of Texas because the athletic ran the numbers, man, and we'll talk about it more as the show goes on. Texas has 10 of the top 50 players in the 24-7 composite rankings. 10 of the top 50, that's pretty good, and they got 18 in the top 100. The athletic views Texas right now as the most talent-rich state in all of the 2024 class, so... OU's going to make hay in Texas like they always do. They're mm-hmm. going to get a lot, but this is a really good year to be extremely active in Texas. It's a, I don't know if this is like a banner year in the past decade or anything, but make no mistake, it's a good year at the top for the state of Texas. Yeah, you got, what, two commits already out of the state in Michael Hawkins and Jaden Hardy. It wouldn't shock me if close to half of Oklahoma's class comes from the state of Texas. If you're figuring that they take – 24, 25 kids. I bet you Oklahoma's encroaching upon a dozen commits from the state of Texas by the end of the yeah. cycle. And we thought that was going to be the case early on in 2024 uh, with this class. All right, uh, real quick on the text line for the 405. Can't forget Peyton Bowen's recruitment for about 24 hours when Oregon is involved. I promise you none of us are going to forget about Peyton Bowen's recruitment. Don't, don't, don't worry about the, that. I assure you we will always remember that one. Uh, Coming up next, we keep talking about Emmett Jones. He's getting all the love right now on this staff when it comes to recruiters. Brandon Hall is as well after being uh, Big 12 Recruiter of the Year. Who's not getting enough credit on this staff right now as a recruiter? Text line, hit us up, 405-651-3439. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McCobus and Thune, live on the ref for the Homeless Suter fans. Ref Army, listening nationwide today. Orlando, Florida is tuned in via the free official KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Westminster, California, Albany, New York, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Indiana, Las Cruces, New Mexico, small town of the day, Frederick, Oklahoma. I believe Frederick, uh, they're the Frederick Bombers down there. But appreciate Frederick uh, for listening in via the free ref app. Las Cruces, New Mexico, huh? Yeah, they've uh, had a lot of issues out there at NMSU, haven't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> to say the they least, had yes, they basically have. had to uh, shut down their basketball season a few months ago, and I think they had another incident uh, pop up in the past month. So maybe and they amidst need to get it all, out, figured out out there. Amidst it all, Jerry Kill has that football program in a more coveted spot. In a more successful spot than they've been in quite some time. 
would they win like seven games last year or something? Yeah, they went to a bowl game, won nice. seven games. Good for them. Uh, this is brought to you by KN Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and on Main Street Norman. Shop KN for all of your home furnishing and design needs, offering both new and custom furniture, the original one stop shop. Emmett Jones getting all the praise right now, and rightfully so for what he's done so far this calendar year in recruiting, but who are we not getting enough credit to as a recruiter? The Meyer Chevrolet text line says, Miguel Chavis, haven't heard much about him since National Signing Day, but our edge class in 2024 might be better than it was in 2023. Is Miguel Chavis your selection? And if not, uh, how far up the list is he? I would say it is a lot of Chavis on here. On yeah, the text line. a lot of people understandably going to say Chavis, and I think Chavis is probably ten to twelve weeks away from validating a lot of that. He's going to have a good summer on the trail. I also just I, I don't think we talk enough about Jay Valai because yeah, sure yeah he recruits really well within his cornerback group but he also has a hand in a lot of recruitments outside his position. Well, you saw that what a week and a half ago, right, with the top one hundred player. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Jay Valai's – and I don't know uh, – yeah, we got one Valai on here. Here's a DeMarco Murray. Here's a Chavis. Say his name. I feel like Miguel Chavis is kind of leading the way on the uh, text line for recruiters that we don't talk enough about. But like we said, I mean, it, it's a it, it's a fine selection. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just they've got a lot of – they've got a lot of good recruiters on the staff right now. And, like, where there was some Joe John slander – just uh, Monday on the text line, but Joe John's in line to get himself a five-star tight end in 2025. Now, that kid may reclassify and be a 2024 prospect, but the point is, if he stays in the 25 class, it'll be like one of the highest-ranked tight end prospects you've ever had. Oh, boy. From the 405, right on cue. Uh, Everyone seems to be holding their own weight besides Joe John. I told you. Might be time for him to find a new gig if he can't get it done. Listen. If Joe John Finley chokes away Devon Mitchell, then the text line can fire him. Until then, please chill. Uh, 918 says, if I take my truck into the Knip, can they fix my flats? Hey, all your service department needs, Knip Lemire Chevrolet can help you out with that. So uh, go check them out. And hey, if you're in the market to buy a car, maybe go check out Knipplemeyer Chevrolet. I don't know, just an idea. You love them as the new sponsor on the text line. Maybe you would love them as a dealer as well. Just an idea. And I, and I still hope that uh, Heath Ozida and Knipplemeyer Chevrolet can uh, figure out a cool deal, NIL deal or something like that. Hey, he needs a new truck. Let's make it happen, Knipplemeyer. Camo Sooner sounds like Emmett Jones is going to be effective at portal combat. Yeah, he might go uh, two for two with two really nice portal additions this cycle. Oh, here's one. Right. Here's a timely one from the 405. Can we get an update on Kellen Lindstrom? Hmm, we just talked about that off air 30 minutes ago, can uh, we? Yeah, OU's in a very nice spot with Kellen Lindstrom right now. Four-star defensive end out of Glendale, Missouri. And he, I, I think I mentioned this on the air last week. If I didn't, I might have mentioned it on the OU Insider live stream. I mentioned it somewhere. I know that. What I said was, you know, being at the spring game down on the field as I typically am, taking photos, uh, just kind of hanging around, observing what goes on, particularly when they shuttle all the recruits out onto the field, is Kellen Lindstrom was a guy that the OU staff spent a ton of time with. Brent Venables set aside some time during warm-ups to talk to him. He was 
firmly planted by Miguel Chavis for most of the pregame. And then in postgame, Chavis was right back chatting it up with Lindstrom and his family. So Lindstrom was a guy that OU heavily prioritized at the spring game. And from the sound of things, Tyler, things have continued to tilt in OU's direction ever since his experience at the spring game a couple weekends ago. Six foot five, 240 pounds at a Springfield, Missouri, defensive lineman, uh, four star in the 24 7 composite rankings. He's got an Alabama offer. Do I do I need to say do I need <laughs> do I need to run down the rest of the list or because I, I I think Alabama is still at the tier right now where if I say defensive line and has an Alabama offer that you all get the idea and I don't have to run down the rest of the list. All, I mean, he's a coveted defensive lineman. This is a guy that you want, so that's good news if OU is sitting in a good spot for Kellen Lindstrom. Six foot five, two forty. Yeah, that's that's a nice place to start. Too. From the four hundred five, will Kellen Lindstrom and Michael Boganowski get r- ratings bumps? Now, I will say, per rivals, Kellen Lindstrom is the number one hundred thirty three overall player and number six weak side defensive end in the entire country. So this is a very highly ranked kid. As is, he's a composite four star. Boganowski does not have the composite fourth star yet. I suspect he will get it. That is my belief on those two. From the 918, if OU were to miss out on five-star tight end, Devon Mitchell, that is, would Cooper Alexander be the next offer? I'd imagine Cooper Alexander is a guy that's toward the top of OU's list in terms of who they would revert to if Devon Mitchell were to pick another that's school, which if. is highly unlikely right at this point, Highly man. unlikely. It's a big if. It sounds like OU's in really, really, really good spot for uh, Devon Mitchell. So I, we know anything could happen. Anything could happen. But as it sits right now, yeah. So, so what's the plan at tight end? I guess for twenty four and twenty five. And let's play out the scenario where Devon Mitchell does indeed reclassify. Okay. You take him and him only in twenty twenty four. And then you push for Roberts in 2025. Like, what's what's the timeline look like at tight end? Do you take two and 24? Would you get Devon Mitchell and Cooper Alexander? No. What's what's the tight end? They're only going to take one in 2024. They're, they've pushed all their chips in the middle on Devon Mitchell, and that's the guy that they want. In 2025, the guy on the top of the wish list – well, the two guys on top of the wish list, and I think they're – if you just lose Austin Stogner, you probably just take one to replace him. If you lose somebody via the portal, then you'd take two. But I would figure it'll be one tight end in both 24 and 25 for Oklahoma. In 2025, the two guys that Oklahoma has targeted early on and that I think are the two tight ends that are most likely to end up in OU's class would be Nate Roberts out of Washington and perhaps even more likely in my mind, Dasan Brame, four-star tight end out of Derby, Kansas. Uh, for the 405, recruiter of the month for all schools but Colorado, Deion Sanders. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's been a nice gift for uh, several programs uh, in college football. Sugar Shane says, who's the most famous person who's checked in on the nip? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I might say, tell me how you feel about this. You think Steve Stutzman is the most famous person that's checked in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? I guess there could be a more famous person than Steve that they don't include their name on the text line, but they like to interact. But in terms of names that we know, 
I'll say Danny's dad, Steve, out there in the state of Florida who listens in, I think, just about every single day. Yeah, Steve's a G. And the fact that Steve tunes in all the way from Florida when he could be out golfing, which is frankly what I would be doing if I lived in Florida. Yeah, are you kidding me? I wouldn't be listening yeah. to... <laughs> I would not be listening be to listening. sports radio in Oklahoma. I'd be golfing. <laughs> Steve, you're a better man than I. Fred, text line has been bouncing up all day this afternoon. I fully support you guys, though. Has to be hard juggling all these questions. Nice one. Nice one, Fred. Hey, um, here's a tweet before we hit a break from Ross Dellinger. In meetings this week, Big 12 ADs and coaches discussed modernizing football game broadcast as part of an innovative agenda oh, no. that Brett Yormark presented. The plan includes live in-game interviews, miking coaches, and giving pre-post-game locker room access. So essentially, what it sounds like to me is that Brett Yormark has been watching XFL games this year with Yeah, Bob no Stoops joke. I was about to say, that's what that is. And saying, hey, we should do that for Big 12 games. And I got to say... I do like that aspect of XFL games, hearing Bob saying like, oh, that's bad football, man, or, you know, just giving, uh, like he's mic'd up and talking about the game. It actually is cool, so this is actually a pretty cool idea by the Big 12. Um, thing is, it'll be at 11 a.m. every single week, probably. Yeah, exactly. Doing this. It's innovative, if nothing else. Now just give me teams I care about watching. <laughs> Put it in the SEC, please. We need Brian Kelly doing a uh, fake Southern accent when his team misses a field goal or something like that. 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. How about this coming up next? There's several prospects, highly rated prospects, that we don't bring up every single day because, well, OU leads and there hasn't been much of an update. Let's go down a list of about nine or ten players that we think OU leads on and see if anything's changed within the past week or two. We'll do that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McCombus and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. 2024 athlete, number one athlete, Terry Bussey, is down to 11 schools. OU's in that mix. Oh, great. Top 11, baby. Oh, yeah. Top 11. OU's on the list. Will they make a top five? That's when it kind of gets serious, right? I'm going to say four, no Top five. Top 11 just like, oh, okay, all right. We'll check back in with you in a couple of months. Go the, ahead and update that one for the us. The only things that frustrate me more than top 11s are top 12s, 13s. top 15s, and top 17s. It's just a flex is what it is. Yeah, exactly. You have 13 committable. Sometimes maybe they're not even all committable. You know what I mean? Like They're just really nice offers, and you just want to tweet out. That's Pretty much what that is. All right, so here's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, prospects that we feel OU leads on right now. Let's see if anything's changed for uh, any of these particular prospects. Uh, let's go with the uh, five-star tight end in the 2025 class. Again, that could be 2024 as well. Tight end Devon Mitchell. Anything recently changed with him? <laughs> Jack Squat has changed. Um, I did say Zadavian Sims, or I had Zadavian Sims written down. I guess Oregon is what has changed here recently for Zadavian Sims, correct? Yeah, Oregon's in that one, and my colleague Brandon Drum said it best. They're the new Michigan State in that recruitment. It was OU and Michigan State for a long while. Now it seems to be OU and Oregon. But you know what? Here's the thing, and not everybody's going to want to hear this. Some people are going to see it as coping. Some people are going to see it as sugarcoating or sunshine pumping, but – the reality is that with as many 
elite interior defensive line targets as Todd Bates is at the very least bringing in on official visits. Are you going to lose sleep over it if Sedavian Sims isn't a sooner? If you get the if you get the players who you want at the top, um, no. Now there will be some saying, "How could you lose the top player in the state of Oklahoma?" And I, I guess I I understand that. But if if you get your real top targets at the top, you'll you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Uh, speaking of that, five star Williams Winery out of the Kansas City area. Is anything really taking some visits? Over the past month or so, but has anything really changed? Nothing will change until OV's there. And, you know, it was interesting. I think – I I don't know if Steve Wiltfong necessarily walked back what he said about Tennessee yesterday on the 24-7 sports football recruiting show, but he did say OU and Oregon sound like the top two. So – yeah, no, it, no, it, that's, message that that's we were walking it ago. back without walking it back is what is what that sounds like to me. Yeah, so again, so again, I I will stick to my guns on this one. OU's in the best spot for Nuaneri until official visits roll around, and obviously with a five star, all I, I'm not necessarily saying all bets are off once OVs roll around, but stuff can change, and very understandably so. But OU leads that battle right now. These next two could go hand in hand. Um, let's first go with Michael Patterson McDonald just up the street in Westmore. Gee, I, I wonder who the other one's going to be. I have no idea. I guess you'll have to tune in and find out, Parker. If OU wants Michael Patterson McDonald, they'll get Michael Patterson McDonald. And especially if Michael Patterson's best or Michael Patterson McDonald's best friend is an Oklahoma Sooner, he'll be an Oklahoma Sooner. As well. Who is five-star David Stone? I mean, a lot changes with him. It's just, you know. No, nothing ever changes with him. Well, it, it's, the, the, it's quite the opposite. The Twitter status uh, always changes is, uh, is what I'm saying, the uh, the tweets out there. but I, You would be hard-pressed to convince me that there has ever been a time over the course of this recruitment where OU has not led. Regardless of what Stone has said or tweeted. Or deleted or, or on deleted. April Fool's Day. Huh? Because that did happen one time. Remember when we did a Monday show <laughs> over uh, over a month ago about that one? Oh, boy, that was that was fun. Some I will still be the very, very surprised if David Stone does not pick Oklahoma. Uh, Nigel Smith, who's been at the past two OU spring games, feels like OU's led for a while. What, Ohio State's their biggest uh, uh, competition here? Yeah, as long as you hold off Ohio State and Penn State, I think you're good. But, you know, Smith is a guy that – is very open about his love for Oklahoma and his love for the various staff members, not just Miguel Chavis, but and not just Todd Bates, but Brent Venables as well, several members of the support staff that he's tight with. So, yeah, I feel very, very good about Oklahoma's standing in that race. The younger brother of Peyton Bowen, how about Eli Bowen, four-star corner out of Denton Geyer? You do not have to think twice about that one. Okay, I won't think twice about yeah, it. Yeah, don't. Uh, five-star wide receiver Bryant Westco. Speaking of uh, Wilt Fong, he had something, I think it was yesterday, saying, yeah, OU's in a pretty good spot for Bryant Westco. Well, so well, they that's, are. Then that means nothing's really sh- has changed there. Uh, last one I have here is Xavier Robinson, and I guess the thing that's changed with him is that Notre Dame offer that dropped this week. So the timeline's been pushed back a bit. Yeah, and that again, and it's hard to tell people stuff that, you know for a fact is not what they want to hear, but I feel much the same about Xavier Robinson as I do with Noineri and several other OU targets in this cycle. There's not 
really going to be much that changes in all likelihood until he starts taking OBs. Um, can I put Casey Poe on the list to make it to make it a ten or our top ten? So we're not he's, doing like a top nine or something, you know, like one of those weird top eleven or top thirteen. So he just booked a Georgia official today. He's going to take a Georgia official later this month, May 19th through the 21st. That means he's going to end up taking at least six official visits. Because So he'll take advantage of that new rule that's yes. happening? Which means if he wants to OV to Oklahoma, it'll have to be after July 1st because he's already got five OVs set uh, for the months of May and June. He has said very adamantly, I'm going to OV at Oklahoma, and he's also said – Look, I've been to Oklahoma more than any other school over the course of my recruitment. So the, one of the principles that you live by when you're tracking recruiting and you're not quite sure where a kid ends up is you follow the visits. And if you're following the visits, it stands to reason OU's in a good spot there. He is going to take an OV to OU, but again, it's going to have to be after July 1st because he's got Georgia May 19th through the 21st. And then in the month of June, he's got, and I believe it's in this order, Clemson, Texas Tech, Auburn, and Alabama OVs. Hmm. Well, uh, there you go. There's a quick rundown of uh, all. And, and for the most part, that was that was the top prospects that OU leads for right now. Really just kind of the top prospects, period, that they're in on. So I don't know if that made anyone feel any better or not, but there's a quick rundown uh, of the list as it currently sits. From the 405 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, when is Eli Bowen going to commit? I thought he was supposed to commit pretty quickly after uh, Peyton Bowen signed. Why did you think that? Eli Bowen, and I, I don't believe we ever said anything other than that, is that Eli Bowen was going to let the process play out and that he could commit in the spring, but he just as easily could take a few officials. And the word right now is that he wants to take a few officials and enjoy the process and do his own thing before he commits. But, look, at the end of the day, he's going to follow his brother to Oklahoma. It would be one of the biggest shocks, if not the biggest shock, of the entire 2024 recruiting cycle if Eli Bowen is anything other than a Sooner. Yeah, and especially because um, Big Bro's experience at OU, at least so far up to this point, looks like it's going pretty well. And I say that because it won't be the most shocking thing in the world or the most shocking story of the offseason if Peyton Bowen is a Game 1 starter for this defense. I still think Reggie Pearson heavily factors into that conversation, but it won't be a it won't be a shocker if Peyton Bowen is a starter day one. Again, so. when you see the OU staff tell Damon Harmon and Jamarian Burt, hey, you know what? Go right ahead. You can head out. That tells you how much faith there is in Peyton Bowen. And I will I will add this. It was always going to be more difficult to get Peyton Bowen to Oklahoma than it was oh, to get sure. Eli Bowen well, the, to the, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, the first one to get to Oklahoma. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, 405, by my count, we've hit the over on spring game commits once uh, Lindstrom hops on board. He makes four. No, 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 we already hit the over on it. We already hit the over uh, because we counted Brennan Thompson as one of those commits from the weekend. Um, so we already hit the uh, the three and a half over-under. Is that what we had? Or did we get it up to four and a half by it the weekend? It was three and a half. That was the over-under. So we had Brennan Thompson. We had Isaiah Autry. We had Jaden Hardy. And then most recently, we had Grayson Harris. Yeah. Did we uh, have another one? Or was that it? Was that it? Was those it was four. it was four? It was the final number that you that you had. It was four. 
four yeah. hit on the three and a half over under. Justin Kawita says, why does it matter if it's an official visit or just a visit? Does the school pay for everything on the OVs or what? Yeah, I mean, compared to an unofficial visit, that's that's kind of basically the thing. Oh, yeah. Zion Carney, that's who I was forgetting. Kearney. So, I guess we're, we're at five. Five guys that visited for the spring game that have committed over the last two weeks. Kearney, so Zion Kearney. Kearney, dang it, dang See? it, dang it. Kearney. <sighs> Growing up in Nebraska is costing you on this one, you know? You grew up anywhere else, state of Oklahoma. I know, for real. Or, anywhere as, but or Nebraska. as you mentioned yesterday, you'd love to live out on the West Coast or whatever that comment you made was. Listen, I just Kearney. said Pacific time was nice. Unbelievable. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Still out of recruiting and portal to get to. Who's on campus today? If you missed that, we'll run that down one more time right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Remember, it was about a month ago when Aaron Flowers did not commit to USC, but he committed to Oregon instead, four-star safety. And the conversation on this show around that time was, well, he may pick USC, but OU's not going to give up. They feel like they might have a chance to win out in the end, even if he picks USC today. And that was on April 7th. Well, he picked Oregon that day instead of USC, and it was, whoa, it may have got a little bit tougher for OU to uh, flip him from Oregon than it would be from USC. Is OU still pursuing Aaron Flowers, or have they moved on at that position? They have better it's, options there, more realistic options, I guess. Are the lines of communication completely severed? No, but is OU going to begrudge Aaron Flowers or, like, get down on their knees and beg him to come back rather than going to play at Oregon. No, they've got Jaden Hardy in the fold. They're trending very nicely for Michael Boganowski. A few other guys on that safety board that there is reason to feel good about if you're an Oklahoma fan right now. So they're going to have at least two takes at safety. I can see him maybe taking three depending on how the numbers shake out, but if you have a safety class of Michael Boganowski and Jaden Hardy, don't get me wrong, Aaron Flowers is a really, really, really good player. But you're not going to go to all the trouble of trying to flip him from Oregon, sure. especially when you know that when you're dealing with Oregon, the second you get on the verge of flipping a kid like that, they can just up the bag. And that's that. Throw a few more rubber ducks in. So, Aaron Flowers, if you're listening, um, if the lines of communication are still open, maybe flirt with Oklahoma if you still intend to uh, sign with Oregon, and that situation could work out uh, could work out better for you. Text lines asking who's better, Boganowski or Flowers? Flowers is higher ranked, if that means anything to you. <sighs> Flowers is better. I'll say that. Like I really like Boganowski as a prospect. Flowers is really good. Like could be top fifty in the country. Good. Uh, on campus today, transfer portal wide receiver Jordan Tyson, in case you missed it. Uh, trans one of the many transfer portal players from the University of Colorado. Six foot two, 180. Now some are saying, okay, well, all we've heard is that Dion is cutting dead weight here. He's saying, yeah, if you played here previously, I don't really want you. And Jordan Tyson did play for CU last year, but I I'm not I don't feel like I'm going to pair him in with the large majority group that essentially got cut from Colorado. Like, Jordan Tyson's a is a good football player, and if OU has the opportunity to get him, obviously they're hosting him today. I think it would be a good get at wide receiver. Yeah, I don't know if I would have said it two weeks ago, but Deion Sanders has more problems than he has solutions right now at Colorado. And 
you're starting to see guys hit the portal and look elsewhere that were definitely not processed by Sanders and his staff. A guy like Sedu Traore, who just got to Colorado via the portal in January. A guy like Jordan Tyson, who had almost 500 yards receiving and four touchdowns, a couple of 100-yard games in, I, I want to say, seven, eight appearances last season before – uh, a lower leg injury ended his campaign. Yeah, Deion Sanders is losing a whole lot more right now than the guys he was okay with losing. Text line says, go look at the CU fans' tweets. They hate to be losing Tyson. CU fans, um, that, that exists on the internet? That's a thing? I thought that they were all uh, basically a bunch of punk kids that go to uh, Colorado football games. At least that's been my experience in Boulder, Colorado. Glad to know that there's CU fans out there on the internet, though. Patrick says, I'm sure I missed it earlier. Michigan wide receiver interested in Oklahoma, yes or no? Uh, Antrell Anthony actually committed to Oklahoma <laughs> back in February. So Braylon yes, Edwards is interested in uh, playing at OU next year. <laughs> no, I assume you're referring to Keon Coleman, and right now Oklahoma's focused on Jordan Tyson. That's Keon Coleman's going to take a Florida State uh, visit this weekend as well. So, big year for FSU. Boy, if uh, – FSU loses to LSU, they lose to Clemson, lose a couple other ACC games. I think, uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. They, they just signed Norvell to a massive extension this offseason. He goes 8-4 and four with that roster and that conference. You talk about some buyer's remorse in a year's time. Oh, boy. Yeah. Florida State, you better be right about, uh, you better be right about this extension. It's a lot of money to throw at Mike Norvell for one good season at Florida State. And, and even hey, that good it, season, he lost like three consecutive games last year in the yeah, ACC, exactly. correct? If it works, great. If not, that's a program that's already kind of financially strapped. And they're going to have to get out of that contract with Norvell. And it's a lot bigger than it was if they'd wanted to get out of it at this time last year. 405-651-3439. Keep it rolling in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The Rush coming up next.